Hey there, welcome to Tech Trek Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Kirk. I'm your other host, Jenny Kessler. Today we're going to talk about tricorders, kids. Yeah, tricorders. These are one of the most, I, I mean, if you think about Star Trek, it's in every series. Mm-hmm. It's used all the time. Yes. And there's a lot of different versions of it. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of hacks as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of like the, well, I don't have access to this, so I'm going to use my tricorder and a bungee cord and a and a Slim Jim, and we'll figure out a way to right. get out of this problem. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really hack-ready and <laughs> plenty, plenty of functionality and features um, that you can bend to suit almost any dangerous situation. Pop quiz. Yeah. Quiz. Oh, yep. shoot. Okay. So you better have your notes on a three by five okay. index card. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what does tricorder mean? Um, triple recorder? Close. Three sided recorder. Three Try. <laughs> <laughs> Try harder recorder. No. Uh, tri-function recorder. Tri-function. Yep. It had so a what sensor are the array, It had a oh, sensor sorry, array, a computer for analysis, and basically like a data recorder. Sensor array, yep. which we know sends... Sends signal out. Signals out. Yep, to figure out what's going on. Okay, and what's the middle one again? A computer to run the analysis on the signals. Okay. And then um, a data recorder, which was basically hard storage and, and um, like, then be able to recall the memory. Oh, okay. Well, that's not, like, not anything I can think of at the moment. Radar, maybe? Kind of radar-ish, yeah. One ping only? <laughs> One ping. One ping only. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery would approve, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's, it's a tri-function tri recorder. Tri-function recorder, and it's it sends out an array to scan something, uh, sends that information to a computer, mm-hmm. and then store can also store that. Yep. And it can be then you know basically synced back with the memory library computer too later on. You know if it's part of a starship group or that kind of thing. Okay. I'm imagining Sounds they have like a enough. big bay of like tricorders that they all plug in after an away mission. You know? <laughs> yeah. Charge those babies back up. <laughs> it's like a sinking station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a palm pilot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's, it's kind of a Palm Pilot. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the tricorder. It has those three functions in it. And as we'll talk about today, those three functions are used in a lot of different ways. Um, right. I think we you even touched on the hacks, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the hacks <laughs> in there. I'm sure that Cork probably has a couple that he'll be willing to sell as well. Um, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, and the funny thing about just thinking about the the tricorder itself was it was kind of like it was kind of like the the extra crew member on an away mission. Like everyone, everyone wanted to, you know, make sure that they had someone going there down there with a tricorder, <laughs> and it usually wasn't yeah. a red shirt. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're gonna need somebody other than a meat bag to, you know, know what data to collect. A human target. Stay <laughs> there, there while I scan this, won't you? Uh, don't give that to Ensign Jones. Um, how about Commander Spock? Commander Spock, take tricorder. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like uh, early versions, they kind of look like a a, a a cassette recorder purse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a those, super hipster messenger them. bag kind of. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, there was a, like these rectangular boxes that had the recording buttons on the short end and yep uh, we put a cassette in there and it, it always looked like he was carrying one of those like with a long purse strap on it yeah yeah did it have, like, some versions like a little like a little handheld scanner right but then was... sometimes you'd open it up and yep. hold the thing with two hands and aim it at something yep that's the some of the earlier versions and i think then you know of course the the idea is to make everything smaller, right? So yeah. when we got to Picard's crew, it was basically a, a StarTac, you know, phone from from Motorola <laughs> with an extra battery yeah. pack on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a razor, possibly. It kind of looked like a razor, I think. More more like a razor than a than a StarTac phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm not familiar with StarTac phones. Well, that was before the Razor. It was, it was old school Motorola, but it was a flip phone, like a clamshell. Okay, right. And was there a flipping on the original tricorder, to, or is it just like kind of a? On the original one, no. But on the next generation ones, it kind of had this like clamshell kind of feel to it at times. Okay. okay. You know, they had to make it look cool. <laughs> <laughs> right so it, it's it's just pretty much um like getting a like they use it to get information about the context whatever surrounding they were in yeah oh. and this is where i think too like for us in both we've talked in prior episodes too about what we do when we're not recording the podcast which takes up most of my day i mean recording the podcast I mean, for you i don't know jenny for your your side of things but i mean it's 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 a 24 or at least 23 7 kind of thing i think for me so yeah <laughs> with that extra hour but, day, you know <laughs> yeah. well it is a leap year so you have extra time that's true thanks thanks that's good i 
I'm glad that we have that extra six hours <laughs> banked in. For... <laughs> um, but you know, like we, I think the tricorder is a good example of, hey, we need to be able to solve a multitude of problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little little bit like the uh, phaser in that it was it's a multi-purpose tool uh, where you know the phaser is more of a defense or offense tool. This is more of a recon tool. Yeah. Yeah. This could sound me nice of recon. <laughs> <laughs> It's the one because, of course, it, there's nothing more important when you're going into battle than having a corkscrew. Yeah, and a toothpick. And a nail file. Yeah. <laughs> because you do want to have your nails looking nice as, you, <laughs> as you're sitting there in a foxhole. <laughs> well, a hangnail could really ruin a battle. Mm, man, I mean, that's why Napoleon always had his hand in his shirt. Was, yeah. He was hiding his hangnail. <laughs> Every day that I show up for battle and my manicurist isn't here. <laughs> Life on the front is so hard. <laughs> it is. Poor little fella. <laughs> Poor little guy. <laughs> yep. I think that covers everything on the tricorder. No. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I think one of the cool things that I saw was in in Star Trek, like every culture has a tricorder of some shape or form, essentially. But everyone has a tricorder, so it's like a it's like a tech that everyone had access to. It wasn't just reserved to the one percent in the Federation, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't proprietary to the federation it really was I mean, like everyone had one the romulans had one the klingons had one i'm sure the borg like, ate one you know, yeah so. <laughs> they were a walking tricorder yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah but everyone had access to it and everyone used it you know and i think all i think that was one of those things that was like it was such a good tech that that everyone everyone had it yeah and, and saw the usefulness of it which I think was a pretty neat thing. Let's let's get into it though. Like, yeah. So I know that you prepared a little bit of research for us. Yeah. Um, I was going to run down a couple of different types of tricorders and then turn it over to you to talk a little bit deeper on one. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Um, so I guess if we look back, like originally the first ever version of it was actually just kind of a scanner. You remember, like, McCoy had that sort of, like, like lipstick-looking thing that he would just wave over people yeah. <laughs> in space a lot of times? Oh, yeah, he's got, you know, six broken ribs, and I can tell by this little thing that I'm holding that looks like a lipstick container. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that was, like, the first version of it, and it was really just a scanner, which they built into the tricorder later on as part right. of that whole that whole sort of try function <laughs> part of it. But it didn't have the ability to do any, um, you know, any uh, storage of data. It didn't have any ability to do any analysis. It was just really just a quick, you know, visual scanner, essentially, on there. But then, like we mentioned, there were the all the different cultures that had it. Bajorans had it on Deep Space Nine. 
mm-hmm. way out there in our, our mall in space. Um, the Ferengi had it, I'm sure, to probably try to crack open safes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're Latinum. <laughs> um, the Klingons make sure had it. It's not fake. Yeah, make sure it's not fake. <laughs> yeah. Klingons had one. Um, who knows what they used it for? <laughs> Bat left <Okay>. studies. <laughs> is it a good day to die? Uh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Murky outlook. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> so you're thinking it was like the magic eight ball for the. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they needed to to scan things too. Like if for, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. I, 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 it's this thing is on, on almost every every time you see the crew of anything, it they've got one of these and they're using it, and it's mainly to to do similar to an investigation check in D and D. Like it, it aids into yeah. figuring out what happened. Um, yeah. Or trying to see what you're dealing with. It's like it's like all the. Th- things that the folks in CSI in one device. Like, you know, right. all the... It's, it's like CSI Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hugely handy thing for storytelling. Yeah. Purposes. Yeah. The Starfleet had its own... had several different versions of it. They were... They were probably the... Uh, um, early adopters and <laughs> most... <laughs> most iterative adopters as well. If we want to go into user stories a little bit there. Right. <laughs> they had lots of reasons for wanting to use it. And they kept changing it. I mean, they'd be almost like it's it's different product lines, but you know, there was a heavy duty tricorder. I'm thinking that they use oh. that along with the uh the phaser drill <laughs> that we talked yeah. about in the phasers episode. <laughs> yeah. Um it was for it was for, you know, mass calculations and, and those types of things it was pretty cool um now one that i haven't had any chance to study but it just kind of sounds interesting is the psycho tricorder what mm-hmm. yep i wouldn't I use it in the shower either. but no. <laughs> <laughs> um what, apparently what it was that? able it was able to do um like quick psychological analysis on culture, like alien culture type stuff. Or or human, probably. I mean, it uh, could be I, humans. Yeah, I am. I'm reading this book called Talking to Crazy, cool. uh, <laughs> where it's it's sort of like when people and the person who wrote it is a psychiatrist and or therapist of some kind, and um, he was saying that is. The word crazy can be, you know, people might take offense to it, but he really didn't care. Um, but he, <laughs> he talked about the cra- he was referring to talking to crazy when people get into an emotional state and uh, lose the ability to be rational when they're in that state. I mean, we all are like that. Um, and then he, he talked about like, well, there's that kind of crazy. And then there's literal like certifiable crazy. It's like you can't necessarily talk to that or fix that. You know, and it, I find like maybe this uh, psycho tricorder might be like maybe secretly somebody's losing it in a meeting and you could be like, 
is this real crazy or is this just Jim having a bad day? Kind of crazy. <laughs> well, I went, I went and checked out. I went and checked it out to see what the reference was to the psycho tricorder. And yeah. as far as I can see, it was used. It was used on a human in okay. in Star Trek canon. It was used on Scotty. Oh. In the Wolf in the Fold episode where he was accused of murders that he didn't remember when he got back up to the ship. Okay. So they used this psycho tricorder to kind of analyze his brain waves, like more hi- highly tuned to see yeah. what they could uncover through that. Yeah. I feel like it was used in Next Generation at one point as well, during in a trial situation. It probably but, could have been, maybe. yeah. Um, but that leads us to the medical tricorder, which I'm sure that um, is a little bit different take on the psycho tricorder. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then different, just different Mark, you know, versions, you know, tricorder Mark 6, tricorder Mark 7, tricorder Mark 10, you know, just, they like to go with those marks in there. Those are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Mark must have been a great guy. Well, you know, he was, he left his mark on things. <laughs> uh, that he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that awkward pun brought to you by the good folks at <laughs> Jeff Kirk's brain. <laughs> Trademark Jeff Kirk's brain. There it is. <laughs> also using the psycho tricorder. So. But I wanted to I wanted to clear some space for you, Jenny, uh-huh. to because you you did some good. Um, analysis on this for us to talk about the medical tricorder. Yeah, um, the I just wanted to before. What's that? To take it away. Okay. Uh, just to kick things off, and I know we had talked about what they've looked like—a tape recorder or a mm-hmm. rager of some kind—and I actually have a quote from Seven of Nine, mm-hmm. uh, where she looks at one and describes it, and she says it's got it's duratanium casing, seven point six centimeters by 9.8 centimeters by 3.2 centimeters alphanumeric display it's very precise it is <laughs> that's our girl <laughs> uh, so it's it's and i don't even know from centimeters i should have figured out what that meant in real measurement no but, uh, we'll just we'll just let it be murky <laughs> yeah seven point, so anyway it's a handheld device of course and the medical tricorder is the same, I imagine, three functions, mm-hmm. scanning, recording, and um, analysis. Um, but it was specialized for medical diagnosis purposes. Um, so they, they changed the sensors and the analysis software so that it, was, it would be sensitive to living tissue, as well as like a database of diagnoses and probably some AI in there to help uh, problem solve. And... Uh, You'll see these on sick bay and in the way missions, right? So they're portable. They they could use them like if they put somebody in one of those surgery beds or whatever. They'll they'll often use it in conjunction with like the handheld scanner, yeah. the, de- the deployable hand scanner, um, so that they can get readings while procedures are going on, and it's all um, very much you know assisted with artificial intelligence. So, but basically what it's used for is to assess the patient's condition right out of the gate. So you can scan them. You know, they'd be like, oh, I have a tummy ache, right? You're five-year-old. And you could be like, um, scan it. 
oh, yes, it looks like you have a bug of some kind in your, or no, you just don't want to go to school. Um, but it could, it could, could sense, um, it could help with the diagnosis in the, in the first stages. So it works really, really good on living creatures. Uh, it doesn't work on dead creatures. <laughs> very well. Good <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, very there's... specific. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't, you wouldn't want to use it in an autopsy situation uh, okay. because it's meant for diagnosis. And I mean, what are you going to say much more beyond dead? dead? He's dead, Jim. Um, he's dead. <laughs> so what it, what it will do is it will scan a person, um, analyze the data. The AI would, you know, do it, go through its algorithm dance and uh, recommend a course of treatment for mm. whatever is being presented. Um, so they also, you could, uh, get extra by, um, extra sensor ports, like a neural pad. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So you could maybe see what's going on in the brain with brain damage and things like that. I kind of feel like they did that to Troy at one point. Yeah. Uh, where I, she think, was I think I remember something. I think they're hooking up an extra little piece to it. I, I do remember that. Yeah. And then, um, Another thing that this is this is maybe a hack. Um, you could link up the nervous system of a healthy person to somebody who's injured, like if you needed to stabilize them prior to transporting them. So uh, this could, you know, somehow uh, through this link, the, the like it almost like a blood donation or something where you, yeah. you could prop up a person who was ailing with by using a healthy person. Um, it also can disrupt force fields, apparently. Um, this is another half that, that um, was seen throughout the series, as well as opening doors or just straight up recording, like audio recording. We, if we had a medical recorder, tricorder, we could do our podcast on it, essentially. <laughs> um, so it does with some of the hacks. That, <laughs> yeah. After the, the ordeal I've had with headphones today. <laughs> um so, so it's really just uh, a fast way to get to treatment. Uh, it comes, cuts down on the interpersonal, the foibles of interpersonal communication, where it's like, well, it kind of... Does know, it hurt over here if I touch this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that sort of awkward, like, touchy-feely physical exam uh, that's right at the gate with most doctors today uh, is kind of bypassed. And you get to the root of the issue pretty quick. It's a question. Mm-hmm. It seems like McCoy would be against that. He had a very like very personal bedside manner with a lot of people. Did but, he? Yeah, he was gruff, but he had a very personal bedside manner. Well, I mean, he would he was swinging that tricorder around like nobody's business. Like he. I didn't think he was necessarily one for like the physical examination of a patient. Like you remember in the uh, voyage home where he, the lady's on the bed waiting for dialysis. Yeah. And he's like, what is this? The middle ages. He like scans her, hands her a tablet or something and he cures her, regrows her kidneys. Yeah. Like that fast. Um, so like the, it has real application. I mean, this is a kind of a miracle device where a lot can go wrong in a patient visit. Yeah. Miscommunication. 
And what the medical tricorder does is um, bypass that. Now, it's, it's probably not infallible, but uh, what it does is get you to the right place fast so you can um, save lives quicker, get treatment to people quicker, more quickly. Um, in fact, uh, in our day and age right now, there's a, there's a $2.5 million X prize uh, sponsored by Qualcomm uh, to bring the medical tricorder to life. And, and they have a winner. Um, the, it was originally called Final Frontier Medical Devices, but it's now called ba- Basil Leaf Technologies. Hmm. So they have, they, it's like a group of doctors and UX people and stuff that like, basically in this guy's house are 3D printing out a device. <laughs> That's um, an AI-driven prototype named Dexter, but it's spelled capital D, little X, little T, capital E, capital R. So the purpose is... Um, ER. It's in the ER. Yeah. Right? So it's a triage situation um, that it contains a digital stethoscope, wrist sensor, chest sensor, spirometer, blood pressure calibrator. Um, and it can... Um, it's powered by... I mean, there's an actual handheld device that you would could scan with, but the the database system is on a smartphone or a tablet, so it will work with an app of some hmm. kind. So it's similar to the tricorder in that it's a handheld device attached to a you know a small computer. Yeah. Um, and they they use sensors similar to those that um, glucose readers, you know, that you don't have to draw blood for. Yep. Um, and right now they are the of article that I read was from 2018, but it could diagnose up to 34 medical conditions like anemia, diabetes, chronic COPD, pneumonia, hypertension, asthma, bronchitis, um, sleep apnea. I mean, it's just this, this whole host of them. I have a video of the, the guys that made it that I'll, I'll post in the, the show notes so that you can see more about it. But it's like um, what, what it, they were talking about really is that, you know, having this scanner that would then go into a computer that would go through some AI algorithm and then suggest treatment plan. See, and that's where I think um, as you were kind of giving us the, the deep, you know, the deeper points to the medical tricorder, my, my first, my first thought was, yeah, like emergency triage, tri- you know, trauma type situations where you use that thing to get through those initial moments where I mean, there's probably not going to be very fruitful physical examination time and question and answer time. It's like, let's ascertain what the problem is or where the problem areas are and prioritize those and, and get the right. treatment started. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, coincidentally, I've just returned from the medical education conference, which is where, the software that I work with deals with um, and mm-hmm. they're talking about the future of medicine and how, you know, that the, this group of people trained up people to be doctors, right? There's, you have medical school, but after that you go, you know, this, but um, you go into residency to become a trade so that you can be trusted to be practiced independently. Um, and so what they're talking about is like pretty soon um, you won't be seeing doctors with stethoscopes anymore. Um, and that, you know, part of it is that there's so much medical knowledge that's generated every day, like to 
to think that you, any human could study all that and contain it in their head and walk around with it. Like maybe you could have 50 years ago um, with, you know, the diseases and the treatments and the medicines and, you know, there's other factors that come into play. It's like that people are kind of giving up on like, you need to study all of this stuff in order to be a doctor. It's like, well, you need to probably be familiar with a lot of it, but know how to find it. Yeah. Um, and then with that much information, um, machine learning becomes possible and um, artificial intelligence to uh, bring to the situation that, that like you couldn't see as a person um, like a heartbeat or, you know, how's the blood flowing or what, what's the airflow like? I mean, these are things you get a good idea of by listening to through a stethoscope, but like you can, right now you could get on your phone and, and scan your own body and, you know, they're not as precise as like maybe a CAT scan or MRI or something like that, but it will get you a lot closer than sort of trying to talk to somebody or trying to hear it mm-hmm. through a, a cold ass stethoscope on somebody's back. <laughs> so, you know, it really um, brought up some, you know, there's just some questions about like, you know, 50 years from now, what do, how do we train doctors for that? Because yeah. the people who graduate now will be practicing in 2050 and 2060. And like, what does that mean? Maybe cancer's done. Like, what do you do with all the oncologists now? You know, um, some specialties may, you know, like radiology may go down because a, a AI can read an x-ray much better with more accuracy than any person can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and while it, you know, some, it may strike heart fear in the hearts of people who love people. Um, it really, what it does is it frees up the doctor from kind of the uh, super detail-oriented routine things so that they can do the care, like the, you know, consulting, advising, advocating for patients, you know, and um, getting us out of a mode of profitability, like, you know, this sort of idea that, you know, it's about productivity and not about like, like care, like just because I, this maybe this tricorder comes into play, and now I can spend three minutes less with one patient. That means I can bill more. You know, this is sort of the mode of my medicine right now, and it's just, you know, it's causing a lot of um, problems, especially with people who want to be doctors to care for people. Um, they're running into this sort of moral issue where it's like I need to. Uh, I'm here to care for people. I'm not here to process people. I'm not here to spend for one hour. I spend one hour with a patient that generates four hours of paperwork afterwards. It's, it's, it's crushing their souls. And, and, and there's a real problem with physician suicide right now. So this, this is all kind of coming to a head and like something like this tricorder, which might think people might think, Oh, it's going to replace doctors. No, it's going to, it's going to liberate them. You know, to go back yeah, and practice yeah. medicine as opposed to having to essentially be checklist searchers and, and their own algorithm, essentially. Right, right. And the other thing, too, is that the robotics and AI can work together to take over doing procedure work, too, with much more yeah. accuracy than a person. So uh, the, the if in looking at the future and looking at Star Trek and seeing the technology there and how it's it's always been influencing us as long as it's been around. And 
um, I was just really, really excited about uh, the future of these things. And, you know, of course, there's always ethical issues and things that can come along with AI. But I really think it's going to um, level the playing field, hopefully, and get care to people who need it, especially people who are in underserved areas. Mm. Yeah. Where the, the country or, you know, urban poor or people like this just will just go to work sick, you know, they won't don't have any way to get treatment sometimes yeah. that was one of the things that the guys at the basil leaf are saying it's like the emergency room is some people's only place to go and if you have this scanner like it just you know it's going to get to the root of the issue super fast and and maybe at some point they could have something at home that would send that data to a doctor and then they would wouldn't have to go in for a consultation or anything like that it's i don't know it's just i realize i just kind of geeked out there on medicine for a second but um it's a really really interesting time to for technology um, in medicine and for you know for that system to maybe get majorly disrupted in a good way and that's all i have to say about that (laughs) well it just opens up a lot of really interesting and i think this is the kind of the kind of discussion too that is sort of at the root of of Star Trek in general. You know, it's a really Star Trek type of conversation in mm-hmm. what can we what can we do with the tech if we if we take it to where it most naturally could be useful. And in listening to the possibilities of allowing allowing people who, who go through a lot of schooling and a lot of tough experiences to be able to apply that and not have to also be thinking through all of the different variables of, of an algorithm, but let the algorithm yeah. take care of it instead. Like, right. you know, it, it's, or it's even creativity comes access- back. Yeah. I mean, imagine having access to all of that information and then trying to find the pieces yeah. to come up with a diagnosis. I mean, you would drive yourself insane trying to, you know, like, what did I miss? Or is, is there any, we need the help of computer computing power to really um, process all of that and find commonalities and, and uh, put forth a diagnosis that can, you know, get focused on treatment. Yeah. And, you know, human interaction is just flawed. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, that's why. That's why even in you know in the justice system, you know, eyewitness accounts aren't really a you know viable or credible <laughs> right. way right. of 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 conducting a trial. It's just not gonna. It's not going to give you the information. No, no, and like thank God for DNA testing, right? <laughs> I mean, I was just watching some forensic files too. They've got a new uh, new. Uh, go at forensic files but they're just talking about like they had witness eyewitness um, composite sketches the and then the actual dna and the you know of course when they find the guy that he didn't look anything like those witnesses because he had a pair of pantyhose over his head you know so like <laughs> <laughs> you know he could have walked for you know this rape and murder that he committed and yeah um, and because of science 
um, they're able to, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, show what happened. And, and, you know, in healthcare, to be able to, you know, to zone in on something that's that accurate, maybe it may not be 100%, but it's way better than a person's mind can process. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and a lot quicker to be able to handle the super focused environment of a triage type of situation as well. Right. To not have to try to rely on that human brain for the recall. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're always in that state of like reactive, 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 like you, it, you, you can't do the longer term thinking thing. You know, the, the research and the innovation and the things that, um, you know, the human mind is better at, you know, whereas a computer is really good at, storing data and comparing it and retrieving it and pulling things together. Um, you know, it's just, it's just one more step in like automation that, that can propel us forward. So I was looking at um, a couple of uses of the tricorders beyond the medical tricorder. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in the in the original series, um, the the Yemens, which they didn't bring forward into the other series, which I, I thought was interesting. But you know the the ship Yemens. Um, oh, oh, Yemen. Yeah. Yemen? I oh. always pronounce it Yemen, but it's Yemen. Okay. But, it's like uh, a ensign type, or no, they're higher ranked than that, aren't they? Yeah, they're like higher than an ensign. They're in between like ensign and lieutenant type of thing. Okay. It'd be like a corporal kind of deal if it was ground troops kind of thing. But the yeoman. <laughs> yeoman. Um, often had on like they carried around on the ship to have like in like sort of like faster recall of some data that the captain might need for meetings that kind of stuff. Um, instead of having to access it on the computer. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Starship computer wasn't that quick. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. Working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was B. Arthur that voiced that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Working. But then they they had different versions that they and the ones that they would take down to the planets over time like even had like a pistol grip almost that they carried things around with on it and stuff mm-hmm. like a sensor on a pistol grip. <laughs> Point my sensor over there over there. <laughs> I'll get it all with my sensor. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then yeah they they evolved over time into the more boxy you know, um, handheld type versions that we got to see later on in there. What's funny, I was reading through, it, it has so many different things that it's capable of finding out, but it can't find out temporal anomalies. Oh. So it can't do any study on temporal type things, but it can do physical, you know, physical examinations like you were talking about and sensor sweeps mm-hmm. and but it can't do anything with, with temporal anomalies. Hmm. That doesn't happen that often, though, does it? Temporal? Like, Not that, much, that's an like, edge case. But, like, you know, I'm thinking of, like, 
you know the the guys show up there on the on the planet with the the guardian of forever you know the mm-hmm. <laughs> the donut the donut gate <laughs> yeah <laughs> they couldn't have used a tricorder to figure out what it was it wouldn't have stood up oh. i think they just ended up talking to it you know anyway but <laughs> well i mean there's always that you you still have the human capacity for investigation yep but and i think about the people maybe who created the tricorder we're probably like, should we deal with temporal stuff? Nah, when's that ever going to happen? <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see if people ask for it. Like, let's Whales not in space. <laughs> <laughs> it might be one of those things that's really expensive that nobody wants. But... Yeah, again, we need to get pull out the user cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a as a Starfleet science officer, do I really need to use a tricorder to also investigate temporal anomalies while I'm on a away mission? Yeah. No, I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, we asked a hundred users and they didn't think they'd ever run into that. So. Yeah, a hundred. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Captive audience. <clears throat> pretty good that you had that whole group there like that <laughs> yeah so you have um the medical tricorder oh, I, use, I use my user research tricorder scanned everybody oh Nobody yeah thought, yeah combination of the the psycho tricorder and the medical one where i could just like scan users and and detect whether they needed something do they raise their right hand if they like it and their left hand if they don't you know, like if we're doing a <laughs> usability yeah. test. Like, yeah. yeah, five, they put a, it's the, what is that, fist of five? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, but, you know, fist means no, and five means totally yes. And totally yes. The numbers in the middle. Yeah. You know. Yep. And then the yeah. smiley there face. There are many ways. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Tell me what you liked about this tricorder. <laughs> well, you know, I like getting to the bottom of things pretty quick. And uh, this is one of those things. It really does, like, it. it's like, it's a super investigator. Yeah. It's a Poirot in your pocket. Poirot in your pocket. You've been waiting to use that one. No, I just totally made that up right now. Dude. That uh, just major air high five on that one, like yeah. <laughs> my little gray cells <laughs> in the moment. Poirot in your pocket. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> yep, I like it. That's that's gonna okay. have to be that might okay. have to be everything that we talk about for the next. <laughs> yeah. It can be the episode title. I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, it was like a super investigator. I mean, be able to to get to levels of of investigation that in, in such a short amount of time too that we just couldn't be able to do on our own. Right. Like even Spock used a tricorder. You know, it wasn't like below his <laughs> his yeah. realm. No, it's just it's it, it collects does the kind of mindless data collection so that it can leave you, leave the humans and others uh, up 
to do the critical thinking. Yep. Which is far more interesting when you're telling a story anyway. But, um, do you know that some of the tricorders could uh, be used to send out a distress signal? That, that makes sense with the sensor array. Yep. Flip it and reverse. They have that communication capability. But if, like, if your communicators were down, if they got smashed, if you left it on the ship accidentally, you know, mm-hmm. you brought your keys down, but you left your communicator up there. <laughs> ah, my phone. <laughs> but yeah, you could you could um, activate a distress beacon on the tricorder. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Couldn't they also? Is this tricorders where they put like them on little tripods and? Yeah. Coordinated them, or were those were those phasers? No, those, those were those are tricorders. I forget you why could, they. You could do like a you know multi-level sort of sensor sweep with it. Yeah. Um. Did it did it pick up ghosts? Did it have a spectral setting. Yep. Yep. That was that was part of why they could do it that way. <laughs> so ghosts, yes, but time anomalies, no. Ghosts, yes. Time anomalies, no. And also dead bodies, no. Right, right, right. But if but you're a ghost, ghost yes. if you're a ghost, it's going to find you. Okay. <laughs> and also, the tricorders um, could could talk to, like, non... like So if it was a Starfleet tricorder, it could talk to a computer from a non-Starfleet ship. Right. And share data back and forth like that, too. Which is right. Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's a that's a nice yeah. little techno leap there. Yeah, it seemed like too like on um, the medical tricorder there was the the deployable hand scanner, mm-hmm. so you could you could actually separate it from the medical tricanner and tricanner tricorder. And Three like, scans in one. <laughs> <laughs> you could uh, use it separately from the tricorder and the scanner and and hook it up to another. Data, yeah, it was, data it was pretty pretty multifunctional in that way too, in that you could you could be speaking to other systems. Yeah, so, you know, pretty nice version of an API that you never had to worry about having to do the architecture on. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's solve that problem too while we're at it. <laughs> that's that's another thing, and and you would recall from where your work in medical education as well that. There are so many different systems, oh. and they don't communicate with each other they don't. very well. <laughs> and there's this huge hope that they will, and mm-hmm. that they, lo- they look at you like you're crazy when you say it's not possible in the current <laughs> framework. I mean, it is possible. There are ways. Um, there are, is it they, any easier than... There are limited ways. Yeah. There are limited, there are limited ways. ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as we get into, you know, more modernized approach to things where stuff is more compartmentalized, there's the cloud, you know, a lot less um, reliance on physical things. Yeah. Uh, and this I don't is, have to create a file and send you a file. <laughs> right. Um, and this brings me a little bit to something I wanted to mention, um, this sort of spoiler-free Tech from Picard, mm. which I know you've been watching, and you I know have. I've 
Yeah. But I, I mean, don't know about anybody who's I listening. Mean, no, yeah, I guess, like, no spoilers, but I mean, this is our first time to kind of talk about it on the podcast, but wow. Yeah. What a show, and, and it's worth it. It's worth subscri- I wouldn't recommend subscribing to CBS or anything else, but I mean, not even Discovery, but this, but, which is but good. get it for Picard. Like, Picard. It's a work of art. Um, yeah. And relevant to now just like so totally relevant yeah always is to the time it's created it is so uh, it's fucking poignant and i I, sorry for the f-bomb there but it's appropriate because they use it during the series (laughs) they do do, which is joyful um but what made me think of it in this conversation this moment now is that like the technology of the last 40 years has been very push button mm-hmm. uh, mechanical yep. piece, pieces and chunks of things and floppy drive disks and yep. USB. And uh, um, so, and what's happened, if you look at Picard, the tech from Picard is that it's way less device dependent. Like it's, it's very rarely is somebody picking up a scanner and scanning oh. something. Right? It's, I mean, uh, even, they, even the way that they drive the ship with like yeah. the hollow controls there's no there's no like no you know they're not pressing the the warp drive button or the you know or putting their foot right. on the warp pedal <laughs> if, if they're interacting with with a device at all it's to engage a some sort of hollow display where yeah. they're interacting with information in space yeah it's really like that more like the internet of things where where it's the, the stuff around them is sensitive is sensitive to what they're doing and and they it's more about natural movement and incorporating human it the tech is working around the human instead of the other way around mm-hmm. yep. that's a good way of putting it because right now we're sort of still i'd say very much at the mercy of what the tech can do <laughs> and how we have right. to adapt to it and, and right. try and to try to dumb it down and we're always always in service to the device. Like how I'm sitting here next to my phone that's on a charger, this laptop that's charged up, you know <laughs> that uh, the the my Bluetooth headphones fail on me to first of all connect and then lose power and then the second pair doesn't. You know, it's just I'm in constant service to the devices to make them work for me. Yep. Where as in Picard, and this gives me hope. <laughs> Like, you know, pay attention to the future of tech stuff, not as much as I'd like to, but, you know, where, you know, if you're, if you're in a room and you, you know, you sort of like just raise your hands and the lights go up or down, it's more of a, um, gesture based, um, you know, interactive information pieces where it's not physical things that, that you have to go through to get to information or to process it or send it. Um, and I think that's really, um, really, really cool. <laughs> I do too. It's it's one of the things that I've noticed about the show, just the whole, like that tone of the show, mm-hmm. is it's like it's the they've moved beyond. I mean, even with with the original series and Next Generation, they were often still at the at the mercy of of the devices and the tech, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not feel that way in Picard. It feels yeah. very much more of they've moved past the necessity of it, um, and they 
they deal with it when they need to and then mm-hmm. but they're they're freed up from that constant device dependent <laughs> way of of going about things right I mean, they look at ease which is mm-hmm. an interesting thing that i've seen so far even with all the dystopian kind of <laughs> nonsense that's going right. on at times they seem at ease in being able to go through those situations and not be relying on their tricorder being charged or <laughs> the right. communicators, you know. <laughs> yeah exactly or putting the gun into the chart yeah the charging yeah. bay you know the first time you meet a, a captain of a ship i mean he's the only person on the ship yeah. And he's sitting there reading a philosophy book. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, that's, you know, having some whiskey. Like, there's no crew. You know, this, this, this ship is just sort of functioned yeah. um, with very little need for a person to, to be there, let alone a 9-12 person crew. I mean, Scotty stand would be... And... <laughs> What's that? Scotty would be bored. Yeah. <laughs> <In> tears. <laughs> Right, and then and then the the emergency holograph personnel has gone way beyond the the doctor and yeah, um, much more uh, you know p- sort of plugged into human emotions and what what's happening and the needs yep. of the people around them and adapting. Um, and so kind of extensions of the captain, but not all complete extensions, which I think is a pretty interesting thing too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I love that because I know so much of what has come to us as advancements and in innovation and technology has been driven by the vision of Star Trek and mm-hmm. that is in place now uh, for Picard and how it's to see how it's because what it does is it gives you that you uh, you know Joe average not you you're Joe above average clearly <laughs> but, but this sort of sense of walking around in a space that has this kind of technology and what that means um so now you see it's possible through fiction um it makes it attainable you know or at least aspirational um it makes it i mean like i even saw the other day uh another article of and this is a study that just got started last week but that scientists are are suddenly being able to feel that warp drive is something that we could achieve in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, that should make anyone excited. I, I know I've talked to in our warp drive episode, how I really want it to be here. Cause I don't want to drive any longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I want to get there faster. <laughs> It's, a, yeah. it's about the destination. It's not about the journey, right? It doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't have to be about the journey all the time. Uh, you know, no. going to the grocery store to get milk doesn't have to be about the journey to the grocery store to get milk. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, I total recommend uh, Picard and, you know, spending the money or borrowing a password from somebody. Uh, or, you know, coming over here and binging it one weekend um yeah yeah i um i completely agree with that it's i i knew that it would have to be something special for him to get back involved yeah and it's turned out to be amazing 
Yeah. And Jonathan Frakes has been directing too. I know. Very, very good. Very good. Is, I hope that, that that's enough of a, a taste of the tech from Picard without any spoilers. I don't think we spoiled anything. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we do a fortune cookie, cookie break? Huh? Yeah. The cookie time? The cookie time. Cookie time. I think. Hey, Wesley. What? <laughs> Cookies? Here. You always sound so worried. Cookies. <laughs> well, you've got your own show now, Wesley. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I got one. You got I'm yours? Yeah. Okay. I got mine. Why don't you go first? All right. Let's see. Never be afraid to mislabel a product. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I really like that, but I'm not sure why. Mislabel a product. Man. There's I, so many possibilities with that. I've had this, this, the, the sincere, I, I have had real life, real talk here, experience. Give, give us the real talk, Jenny. Give us the, give us the okay. real talk. I'm not going to get into what it was, <laughs> but I, I, I do recall a time when I was involved in a really bad label for a product. Mm. Um, it was a little too inside baseball, um, and it ended up really not helping mm-hmm. um but on the other hand had i aired in the 180 direction it probably would have gone gangbusters but uh <laughs> so, that makes me afraid to maybe mislabel a product so maybe i maybe i need to hear this from the Ferengi fortune tellers so never, never be afraid, afraid to mislabel a product, huh? Yeah. Like the like the Scanbot 3000. I don't know. Is that mislabeling a tricorder? Sort well, of accurate. Sort of accurate. But if you called it a tricorder, but you actually wanted it to be Poirot in a pocket. Yeah. You know, if it had a thinking sort of algorithm in it, besides just a data storage thing, where it could do not only the investigation, but also, you know, solve the problem. That'd be that'd be mislabeling it if you just called it a tricorder. Yeah. Or if you just had a scanner that didn't process anything and calling that Poirot in your pocket, that would be... That might sell some units. It'd sell some units. And be like, oh, this is a piece of crap. That would sell but some then you'd, you'd be laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> I think that's probably the angle. Go ahead and beef it up for the money. Yeah, they don't know what they're buying. It's non-toxic, in quote. It's funny, yours goes pretty well with the one that I got in mind. Wesley, I don't know if you're planning these. These are interesting. Be careful what you sell. 
it may do exactly what the customer expects. Huh. <laughs> is that bad? Oh, wait a minute. Wait, is it bad? If it does I mean, something that you expect it to do? It could. Isn't that the point? What is it again? Be careful what you sell. It may do exactly what the customer expects. And then they don't buy anything else from you. And then they won't buy anything else because their problems are solved. Yeah, we don't want to solve all the problems. Come on, we still need no. jobs. We're gonna sell. We're gonna sell the the one fifth of the solution to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, I see now. It's a uh, in-app purchases and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, it's the freemium model. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you thought it would do all that? Well, it will for some platinum. <laughs> I get it. They stop from being hungry. It's good, you know. Therefore, it's it would be really helpful if you purchased our um, subscription card, where every right. month we'll just take a little bit extra there, and but it'll help solve a lot of your problems. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> oh, you want all that? Then get the premium. I mean. It's a flat rate out of the gate, and after two years, you start paying subscription. <laughs> it's a really simple model. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> it basically starts like this. You're going to be um, positioned here. Now, above you are going to be at least three. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see how they You're going to be on a line of six. It basically all funnels up to. <laughs> so, is it shaped like a pyramid? Is that what um, well, I like to call it an obelisk. <laughs> okay. I'm in. <laughs> no risk with the obelisk. What Pop Pop always said. I like that one. Uh, yeah, so don't sell them what they. And don't be afraid to mislabel. Those do go hand in hand. Cause That's pretty weird. That's kind of, Wesley's up to something over there. Yeah. It's a complete product with an in app purchases. <laughs> with in app purchases. <laughs> Mostly complete. I mean, here, I'm going to make a car for you. It, so, did you ever remember the, the Saturday Night Live fake commercial for the, the Adobe car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get the model with cup holders? It's okay. <laughs> as long as you push the mold in before it dries out, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So let's let's scoreboard this. That's our uh our feeling on tricorders. Oh, Can you well, go all the way up to uh, a high number, or are you still are you still mid range on this one? I'm torn. You're torn. Yeah. Um. For practical reasons, it's a ten. Um. Despite the missing piece of the time anomaly part, like. Well, with in-app purchases, you can upgrade. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I think, you know, for the, for what I'd be using it for, I would be running into two of those kind of anomalies. So, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a player on this one, Jeff, for 10. Yeah, I came in at a 10 on this one because of the, the problem solving factor Yeah. with this. I mean, this just gets to the, to the root of, of true, like, we're going to solve some problems. It might not be all mm-hmm. of them, but we're going to solve a whole heck of a lot of them with this thing. Yeah. Even yeah. down to a planet you've never been to before, take your stinking tricorder with you. Yeah. See if you can breathe the air or not. Before yeah. you take your helmet. That's handy. <laughs> Don't know what's yeah. behind that big rock? Use your tricorder. Make sure there's no bad yeah. guys there. <laughs> Can't find a stud and the wall, I mean. You know, stud finder is kind of a early version. Bit of a like early, early version. <laughs> I feel like when I was using one of those, which was faulty anyway, but but I did feel like it was sort of a tricorder moment. Yeah. Um, well, it has yeah. the handheld, you know, feature to it and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, and the pings and. Yeah. And One ping only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring it back home. <laughs> no, I went with a ten. This one just solves a lot of problems. Yeah. And it seems yeah. like it's one that's like imminent for right. us. Yeah. Yes, it's within arm's reach. Dexter. Not already. Dexter. Oh. Keep your eyes peeled for Dexter. Yeah. So I uh I think I was so just gonna say there was on a practical reason, but why not on the well, what's the non technical reason? Non practical yeah. reason. Well as I'll far give you two as scores. Okay, I'm not, thank you, Jeff. I'm going to give it um, a, ha- a half smiley face. Um, <laughs> sort of a rueful smile. Um, partly because, like, I feel like as far as the tech goes, it's not as interesting of a thing. Mm. But, I mean, because it's not very complex and it's, it doesn't have all these layers and, and and that's just a I feel like I can't explain it because like when I was reading about it studying about it I'm like oh okay okay um it does have a sensor array which is our favorite word in Star Trek right I now I do love that word yes. <laughs> yes and that that I love that and I don't I don't know why I, I felt like it's such a ge- generic all-purpose thing um and had um I don't know. Maybe I'll just uh, just drop it because there's uh, other than that, the, it wasn't just kind of satisfying to dig in. Um, but that's just me as a person doing research on a thing to talk about to you, uh, and not as a thing that uh, as a device that would solve so many problems so fast. That's so, that's sort of a vanity reason, I guess. Hey, you you're allowed it. We'll, oh, we'll allow okay. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's a bang-up tool, and I want one. I want one, too. I'd like to have a medical one, too. Mm. I kind of want the heavy-duty one, just to kind of have, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> for, your, for your casual in-world mining that yeah, you do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> guy's got to do what he's got to do. So. <laughs> yeah. And now, while I think you can scan directly below or above your head, you don't want to mine, as I've told you before straight down 
straight yeah. down is not a good direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right at your feet. Like, yeah, I think you could scan between your feet, but don't dig. Yeah. So I'd take it along with my phaser drill and use it to yeah. see what's below me before I started drilling with the phaser drill. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It adds, it adds a whole lot of wisdom and visibility to the unknowns. It clears up the ambiguity, mm. reduces complexity, allows you to get to the core of the thing without a lot of sticking around. Yeah. Yeah, wasting a lot of time. Yeah. So. About well, clearly on the tricorder marketing team. <laughs> clearly, clearly the, the tricorder marketing team. <laughs> Let's get to the root of the problem without a whole lot of messing around. Yeah. Pick up one now. Best Buy or Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really, either place. <laughs> it's got a real do it yourself attitude to it. Best <laughs> genres. It really thing. does. <laughs> yeah. So cool. So I talked to uh, Grandpa Klingon before we got started today. Yeah. Yeah. How's that old bird doing? He's been into movies recently, and uh, <laughs> so he uh, he decided to to give me a phrase from one of his favorites recently that he's been watching. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll read it to you in the Klingon. Okay, the original and, Klingon. And I'll translate it for you. Okay. Mesh the pu, flap the donut. Mesh the pu, flap the donut. Flap the donut. Flap the donut. Yep. Okay. Which in in. Uh, in our speak, would be leave the gun, take the cannoli. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, you you haven't experienced The Godfather until you've seen it, the original Klingon. That's what they all say. They've moved on from Shakespeare. Shakespeare's still amazing in the original Klingon. But you yeah, really yeah. haven't experienced The Godfather unless you've experienced <laughs> it in the original Klingon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I now want to see that in Klingon, with Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It really does. <laughs> it does. The Klingon family is different families in The oh, Godfather. Yeah. Honor, honor, honor. Dishonor. <laughs> so there's our, our grandpa Klingon. Mundane approach to murder, you know. <laughs> there's our grandpa Klingon for us. There he is. All right. Well, well I think I think that about wraps us up then, huh, Jenny? Oh. Yeah, I feel like I can Head out into the brewing pandemic with a little spring in my step. <laughs> a little spring in my step. Well, I guess, um, you know, as always, we, we do appreciate your interactions on Facebook. We've been seeing some fun, some fun pictures posted up there in the Tech Trek podcast page. 
they're amazing. Keep keep them coming. Um, we like comments. We like if you feel like you want to go to iTunes and give us a rating, we'd love that too. Mm-hmm. Don't feel obligated. Um, if you like us, great. If you didn't like it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that kind of negativity in this day and age. We, we, you know, we, we are people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, about, that about wraps us up then, I think, for t- for this episode of the Tech Trek Podcast on Tricorders. It does, and, and on my list that I have handy this time. Uh, Sweet. Our next our next episode is slated to be the protoplaser, which I don't know what that is. I will bring all the research for you. <laughs> okay, so I, I, so I'll just come in blind, shall I? Zippo <laughs> research, and, and uh, you can mansplain it to me. I'll mansplain it. <laughs> <laughs> Text well, it. actually... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, (laughs) Um, actually, actually, (laughs) you're almost right. Let me take you the rest of the way. (laughs) You you did a good job, though. You got about one fifth of the the, there. Now now we're going to wrap this thing up for you. So, you know, just to whet your appetite for for the protoplaser. It's pretty uh, amazing. I look forward to learning nothing about it until then. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent work, as always. You too. Well, until next time. Keep your phaser set on stunning. You got it. <laughs> Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed.